0: So, welcome along to this week's A Story to Tell with me, Richard Beauvoisin. Today, I interviewed Chloe Isles. She runs Chloe's Mobile Farm, taking animals round to care homes and also to different schools in a variety of different places and events as well. Hope you enjoy. So welcome along, and I, today on A Story to Tell, I've got Chloe Isles, who is the, based in North Wiltshire. She runs Chloe's Mobile Farm, so she takes animals round to a variety of different places, and we're going to talk to her all about that today here on Radio Bath. So, Chloe, good morning. How are you today? Good morning. I'm very well, thank you. How are you feeling?
1: Yeah, good. It's all busy at the moment with all the animals all over the place.
0: So, so yeah, tell us about the business. What, what, what is the business? What's a mobile farm? I've never heard of one until I met you.
1: <laughs> You're not the only one. So we take farm animals into care homes, schools, toddler groups. We do big public events. Um, so we do sort of educational, we do birthday parties, anything really. Anywhere that, where there could be a, an animal involved will be there. We've done hen parties and weddings. And, yeah
0: the hen party must have been scary you've scared your the
1: <laughs> they were lovely actually we were a bit worried because you know what hen parties can be like but no this is a lovely group of ladies and they just sat and cuddled animals all afternoon
0: oh, I love the fact that I was looking on your website earlier on today and I love the fact that normally when it says meet the team you kind of think <laughs> of all the different staff and I thought oh who else works with Chloe then and then I looked at it and who's in your meet the team
1: Um, I think I've got Norman, we've got George, (laughs) we've got donkeys and cows and yeah so I I am Chloe and I run nearly all of it for the last few years however I do now have an admin lady um, called Georgie who is priceless and then whenever we're out on farm visits we take an assistant with us as well so there's a, a few different faces that do come with me as well.
0: Amazing, but it's, it's just you. So how did you get into liking animals so much then?
1: So I was really lucky. I grew up on a farm and just wanted to spend every minute of my life there. Um, we had sheep as I was growing up, and then we moved into cows. And we also had some liveries on the farm, so um, people that kept their horses on our farm. So I would just help them as much as I possibly could. I was very lucky to then get my first pony at 11 years old. Um, I was just obsessed.
0: Fair enough. It's uh, Yes, having a pony is quite a responsibility at 11. Did you have to do everything?
1: I did. So my parents are not horsey at all. So um, I was very lucky that the liveries helped me. They. I started riding when I was two, but it's very different riding compared to looking after a horse. My parents tried to put me off having a horse by getting me rabbits. (laughs) And they said that if I could prove that I could look after rabbits, that I could then potentially have a horse. But I didn't want rabbits. I never wanted rabbits. Well, back then I didn't. And um, I didn't do a very good job of looking after them. So they became mum's rabbits. Um, Yeah, but no, big responsibility. I think it kept me out of trouble when I was younger.
0: I have the pleasure. So those that see me doing horse riding find it one of the most hilarious things in the world. <laughs> um, so I have the amazing ability to ride, certainly when you're going slightly quicker than just walking, of uh, having the amazing ability of getting the timing completely the wrong way round. <laughs> so when the horse is coming up, I am going down on top of it. And I'll be honest with you, that hurts quite a lot. It's not very
1: comfortable,
0: no. Not so much. My seven-year-old daughter, she's doing quite a lot of horse riding herself at the moment. She just looks like a natural. She just glides along with the horse. And then there's pictures of me doing it and it's <laughs> not quite the same thing. It's... Um... <laughs> It's definitely painful, definitely painful. So you, you grew up with animals then. So uh, I won't ask how old you are, because that's always a rude question to <laughs> I, 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 ask a lady. I did hear a brilliant joke the other day. It was we were at a dance weekender and uh, there was somebody's birthday and, and the compare brought her up onto the stage. And he said, I'm not going to ask you how old you are, because that's really quite rude to do. So how much do you weigh? <laughs> I'm not going to ask you that. question. I'm not going to answer that one either. You don't have to answer that one either. But um I'm saying you're not 60 let's go down that I'm not
1: 60 I'm not quite 30
0: not quite 30 so (laughs) so what have you been doing then to kind of get you into the position where you're now running Chloe's mobile farm
1: so um we started I, I realized how much I loved animals and how important it was to have contact with animals and I think it was just When I was growing up, I knew that I wanted to work with animals and people. If anyone asked me what I wanted to be when I was older, I just said, I want to work with animals and I want to work with people. But I had no idea what sort of capacity was possible. I didn't know how that would look. Um, And I went to university and studied psychology and wrote my dissertation on um, the benefits of assistance animals and animals that help people. And so then I sort of had the the evidence of that. Um, and I started getting some experience and um, working in the area. And then January 2020, I decided that that's what I was going to do. And um, we got a couple, started with a couple of animals and then a couple more. And then COVID hit. <laughs> so yeah, so that's
0: Great time to start a business. Well, in hindsight,
1: it wasn't the best time, but um, I didn't know at the time, obviously. So yeah, it was a challenge, but I think that's why we're, sort of so strong and, and growing today
0: yeah so you've been running it for three years and just let us know the website by the way very quickly haven't done that bit yet
1: and um, so it's just chloe's so you can find us on facebook instagram google we've got lots of good reviews and yeah we can be found anywhere really
0: so if anybody wants to book you, that's, that's the way to do it, which is quite nice. So I heard you say you studied psychology at university. Now, I also study quite a lot of psychology. So do you kind of, whenever you're around anyone, do you study them at all? How do, how do you feel about that?
1: Um, I wouldn't say I did initially, but the more we do the mobile farm, and I feel like I'm more submerged in all of the different health, mental health and um, Yeah, we we deal with a lot of special educational needs and dementia. And I think my my psychology history does help with a lot of that. But um, no, probably when I first graduated, I would say I didn't even think about psychology. But um, yeah, I'm sort of coming back to it more so now.
0: Well, as a business owner, it can definitely help you because you're um, looking at people as you're out and about and doing your thing. And then you can see, actually, this now needs to happen because you're realising what that state of mind that person is in.
1: Absolutely. So,
0: yeah. So maybe you kind of gained that experience that way. Now, yeah. I know a few farmers. I've known a number of farmers over the years. And the one thing they always say to me is it's all right for you. You can have days off. My cows don't know it's Christmas Day. <laughs> I still have to go and tend to them. What's it like with yourself? Obviously having how many animals do you have?
1: Oh, I haven't done a count-up recently, but I would guess it's between 50 and 55.
0: 50 and 55 animals. So they don't care what day of the week it is.
1: They don't, no. So um, it's quite funny. I had a week off last week, supposedly a week off. But I think I was busier last week than I am normally. Um, But obviously, even if we've just got, a, for example, a two-hour mobile farm visit, We've got hours and hours either side of loading up the trailer, traveling there, setting up and yet alone looking after all the animals before we left and then when we get home. So, yeah, it's not uncommon for me to have 12 or 14 hour days just going out and doing the mobile farm stuff and and doing the daily stuff, which then means all the other jobs have to fit in somewhere else.
0: And it's always good fun, isn't it? The the difficult part is managing your work-life balance. And I say, so do you have anybody else that helps with the animals at all? Or is it just you?
1: Um, On a daily basis, no, it's just me. Just um, you. My assistant usually meets me at the farm on the morning before our visit, and they get there about half an hour before we leave. So they help with the sort of last bit of loading up. There might be a few jobs like letting the chickens out and things like that. But on the whole, it, it all falls to me.
0: And I, I'm guessing, do you still live on a farm or do you live with the animals? What's the scenario regarding that?
1: Um, so we are desperately trying to save up for a farm of our own at the moment. Um, so we are, um, how do I say this (laughs) using the generosity of family at the moment? Um, I, I still live with my parents because I know if I go and buy a house, I'll never buy a farm. So Mm. the, the animals are keeping me at home for now and I'm begging, borrowing, stealing, renting bits of land all over the place. Um, so. Right now, most of my animals are in the same village that I live in, but I've got some sheep a few miles down the road. So it's not too too bad at the moment, That sometimes they are scattered all over the place um, and you're picking up on the morning of or the day before the, before our
0: visits. And do you have like a massive trailer that you have to carry around with you then and a big car that has a big engine, I'm guessing?
1: Um, so up until this week, we were towing a livestock trailer with a transit custom van, um, a bright red one. And um, I got the van because I originally was a a dog walker and then went into the mobile farm mall. So we didn't take on in mind its its towing capacity when we, or capabilities rather. So she's done very well, Tilly Transit (laughs) up until now that we have just got a Ford Ranger, which will um, make the job a lot easier.
0: Nothing worse than going up a hill and then just keep going down the gears. Absolutely, yeah. But if you have really to moving.
1: stop halfway up, um, there's there's barely any chance of getting started
0: again. <laughs> so regarding going back to the business very quickly, how, how did it feel to actually start running a business yourself? Did you have any experience of running businesses yourself beforehand at all? So
1: I started as a dog walker when I first finished university, I came back and started a dog walking business, but I would say the dog walking, I started um, walking my dogs, walking my neighbour's dogs, and then I built up a little bit and built up a bit more. And obviously by the time I was then taking on people's dogs that I didn't know, I then finally got all my insurance and everything in place. So it was a very tiny step-by-step process with the dog walking. So I think I learned a lot there. I think you learn a lot when you see the work you've got to put in and the money that comes out of it. I think that was quite a big lesson for me. Um, And then, yeah, so the mobile farm, I already had some experience with running the mobile farm, but I had to take a loan from an auntie to buy my livestock trailer, which I thought I was gonna pay off quite quickly. (laughs) Um, But again, COVID. And, yeah, so I think I learned a lot on the way through. And then we started small and we have built up um, more and more. And we're probably at the, at the stage now where we could have two teams on the road, work availability-wise. Oh, yeah. Nice.
0: Well, when we come back after the break, we're going to talk a little bit more about the company and actually how kind of some of the events work as well for you. So uh, we'll be back with Chloe after this. Made locally in Bath, this is Radio Bath. So we're back it's Richard Boverson here until midday today and our story to tell today is Chloe Isles. She runs a mobile farm in North Wiltshire. Hello Chloe welcome back. Hello thank you. Um, so just very quickly can you tell us about whereabouts are you based?
1: So we are based not far from Lynham what used to be RAF Lynham um, and we cover an area about an hour and a half away so We've been to Oxford. We have actually been to London for a couple of small events. We do all of Salisbury, uh, Bristol. Yeah, a bit bit of a radius of about an hour and a half.
0: So, quite a large area that you do cover then. Yeah. So, yeah. And what, and I know you mentioned it briefly earlier, but what type of places do you actually visit?
1: So, we like, yes, we do go absolutely anywhere. Um, We do offer smaller animal indoor visits that can be done inside in winter. And then we do big, full farm events for big public events, fates, schools. Um, yeah.
0: Do you have a favorite type of event? <laughs> I know it's like choosing- Oh, a student, event, I thought you
1: were gonna say animal. I'm not, I'm not gonna ask trust. that one.
0: <laughs> you can't ask who's your favorite animal, no. <laughs>
1: um. So no, favorite event, I would say the care homes, and we're doing quite a lot of work with um, schools with special educational needs at the moment. And I just find those really rewarding, and the care homes especially, especially when you can take a, a donkey into someone's bedroom. That is just, uh, yeah, it's it's an honour. I love love that side of my work.
0: Could I ask the question, have there been any accidents if you've taken a donkey into somebody's bedroom? <laughs> As in the classic Blue Peter moment where the horse has a, you know, empties itself out on set. <laughs>
1: And so we have uh, bags, poo bags that we put on the ponies and donkeys. Um, and then the lambs and goats, they can sort of wear nappies. And so we try to, the, the ducks and chickens are the messiest and the right. hardest to, to protect from accidents.
0: So I'm just going back here. Did did you say the sheep wear nappies? Is that <laughs> yes,
1: right? there are a couple of um, videos on my um, social media of lambs walking around care homes in nappies. I think it adds an extra element of cuteness having a nappy on a lamb.
0: <laughs> I have to say, I've never thought of a nappy, a nappy on a lamb before, but uh, but yeah, that must be quite a So I'm trying to get the picture here of a poo bag <laughs> hanging out the back of a donkey now, which is going to sound really it's, it's strange. It's like a
1: harness. It's a it's a proper built attaches onto the tail. So as they lift the tail, the bag opens.
0: Okay. Uh, and it fills. I was just imagining the classic poo bag (laughs) and somebody's walking around behind them, holding onto the poo bag as they're trying to uh, move around. But it's not quite that then. Not quite like
1: that. Slightly more professional
0: than that. Slightly (laughs) more professional. Um, Now, obviously, you are a business. People have to pay for you to come round and, uh, and exhibit the animals. So is there an approximate cost that it that it does?
1: Yeah, so I wish I could do them for free, especially things like the, the care homes, because I I just get so much out of them and go home feeling so sort of warm and fuzzy inside. Um, but our packages range from, um, we did some just, just rabbit options for the Chinese New Year, which was sort of started around £50, and then it goes right up to the full farm, which we can do for a full day, which costs a few hundred pounds.
0: No, that sounds amazing. It's not you know, for companies or whatever, that's not too much out of their budget. Um, so yeah, charge more. Um, <laughs> now, I was also doing some research and it looks like you've just won an award. Can you tell us all about that then?
1: We have, I can't believe it. Um, so we were nominated for the Muddy Stilettos Award um, for the Best Family Attraction in Wiltshire. And we were competing against Bowood, Roves Farm, Longleat and Cholderton Rare Breeds Farm and thanks to the support of all of my my followers family friends everyone that shared it we won which is quite unbelievable really. Amazing
0: and how did that feel?
1: Um, when I saw who we were up against I sort of wrote it off but thought it was amazing that we'd made it to the list I thought just to be on that list was pretty incredible for such a a small fairly new business run by just sort of me and a couple of other people um and yeah so to find out that we'd actually won I was in Sainsbury's at the time and um I think people looked at me and wondered why that lady was shaking (laughs) in the aisle
0: it's that moment isn't it you're literally there just holding your phone and your hand shaking and the nervousness
1: yes I couldn't believe I couldn't breathe I yeah yeah, did you have that nice.
0: moment of it was an email that came through or something like that, and you're like, the results are dot dot dot, and then you. Yes, yeah, so it was to just
1: it. an email to say, dear Chloe, we are pleased to inform you that you have won the best family attraction in Wiltshire. So yeah, that took a while to sink in. I just kept reading that line over and over again.
0: And I suppose that's a reward for all the hard work that you've done over the last few years.
1: Yeah, so I think it does. It. The main reason we got there is due to the help and support of everyone that voted and I think it's lovely that people wanted to do that for us so I think that says a lot about the business and what we offer and and the animals because people wanted to wanted to help me and support.
0: Yeah absolutely now now talking about help I know a lot of um so I know a number of autistic children or teenagers and they have animal health, animal therapy, effectively. They go around and they spend time with horses or whatever it may be. Um, and you've mentioned about that you go to some special needs schools. Um, is there an opportunity, do you think, at some point, maybe that uh, children come in and help doing like the mucking out and all the jobs that you're having to do on a daily basis? How would you feel about that type of thing?
1: I would absolutely love to do that. And we have helped a few friends with work experience going through college and things like that. Unfortunately, with insurance and being based where we are at the moment and the animals being spread all over the place, it's something that's actually really difficult for us to be able to offer. So um, I think I mentioned earlier that we are saving for a farm and hoping to find somewhere where all the animals can be based in one place and where we can then have people out to visit us, which will one, keep visit costs down, although we'll still stay as a mobile farm. It will keep visit costs down for some people to come on a one-to-one type basis to come and see us. But also means we can just give loads of opportunity for giving people experience and working with animals. And yeah, that's that's the big dream one day.
0: I suppose you've then got two parts of the business, haven't you? The The part where you are hosting people and the part where you go and, as you say, keep visiting people as well. So two very different sides.
1: Yes, yeah I think they'll complement each other. I think the mobile side of it is a huge selling point because it can be really difficult for care homes for example and schools to actually get people out to places, transport can always be really difficult and supervision, you need lots of volunteers Um, so for us to be able to go and take the whole farm to them and solve all of that issue is is a big selling point of the business so I think we'll always stay as a mobile farm But I think there really is a gap in the market for the sort of one-to-one type stuff.
0: Yeah, I know when, uh, during COVID, so for those that aren't aware that I'm a dance teacher normally, and my business shut during COVID, so I became a delivery driver. And I was delivering uh, frozen meals to a lot of care homes. And I know quite a lot of the time, I was the only person that they would see on a day. And that's it, and sometimes I'd be the only person they could even see in a week. So the excitement of having some animals coming around to the care homes at that stage would have just been extraordinary. So did you carry on running during COVID? How did that kind of work?
1: It was really difficult, obviously. The care homes, they had to be very careful. And although they were the people that needed it most, they were the the ones that were least accessible. Um, So we did what we could. We sent a load of letters out, Um, we did some zoom calls to different care homes giving them tours of the farm and showing them all the animals Um, but yeah so we we tried to do what we could Um, unfortunately as well as be not being allowed to go out to places people also were having to be quite careful with their finances so for us to be able to and do a visit for them it it was quite expensive and obviously we were struggling as well so we couldn't always be be charitable so in the end we did actually start renting a yard um, owned by my auntie to be able to have people out to visit us so especially when we were able to do the rule of six type thing we were able to have people out to us but yeah it was very very difficult to access the care homes and they were the last to reopen again and some care homes that we were visiting before covid we've only just started going back into so it's been a very long time
0: yeah no i think lots of people are still coming out of covid business wise i know my business is still not to the same point it was pre covid at all um and obviously yours was in its fledgling days pre-COVID so uh very difficult for yourself but uh, that's very good now we're going to have another little break for music when we come back we're going to talk about some events stuff that's happened in the past and hopefully some things that will happen in the future so we'll be back right after this radio bath made in bath so we're back it's richard boveson here until midday today on a story to tell with chloe isles um so chloe welcome back thank you um so there's the classic thing on tv never work with children or animals we mentioned earlier about the classic blue blue peter moment where the horse kind of had a moment on the uh on the set have you had many times when it's not quite gone to plan
1: i think i find myself saying that phrase on a daily basis and if i'm not saying it someone that's attending the visit is saying it um there's there's multiple things every single day that I just think why am I doing this but um ranging from animals escaping to um children trying to climb in with animals and sit on ducks and everything really
0: (laughs) you never quite know what children are going to do do you I suppose you're visiting the children and I'm guessing some of them are quite young yeah how are they going to be responsible with the other animals
1: Absolutely. And some of them as well um, are special educational needs. So we do get a few sort of grabbers. And um, yeah, it's just, it does keep you on your toes. You have to be alert at all times and have eyes in the back of your head.
0: And I suppose it's not just the young, sometimes it might be the old too. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> sometimes they can be the worst.
0: <laughs> I suppose if you've taken the donkey along, do, I mean, do they get donkey rides? I don't know if that's allowed or I don't know what the scenario is.
1: No, we don't do any riding. Um, so all of our animals are rescues. We don't buy or breed any animals. So um, we try to keep the visits as nice for them as we possibly can. And it's it's my opinion that um, the animals wouldn't necessarily enjoy being ridden. So we always set up our pens so that the animals can come and interact with people. And they, they usually do. But if they want to move away and don't want to be involved at that time, then they can choose to do that as well.
0: That sounds like a, a very sensible way of doing it so um so you mentioned earlier that you know you had lots of people that follow you and they you know really helped you get the award. How does it feel when you have people writing nice things about you then
1: it's really lovely obviously it's um no it feels amazing that we started really really small and really tiny and originally we didn't have a website we just had a Facebook page and you just had your auntie and the lady that lived down the road and and people like that that would would comment and like and share and then we got all of our work through word of mouth really so we would do one visit and then it might be a birthday party and you would then go to that child's school and then at that child's school you'd find someone whose grandma was in a care home and you would then visit their care home and I think it's just amazing how much can be spread through just people wanting to support you and wanting to share things. So yeah, it's always really lovely to hear that. We, we see when we're on visits as well, we see a lot of people that have seen us years ago or in different places. And it's just really lovely that it's a bit of a community behind us. And yeah, everyone's following me on on social media and they know more about my animals than I do sometimes.
0: Is it a strange thing for you? Because you're obviously now a a public person, effectively. Everybody (laughs) knows your name because it's A, written on your T-shirt, and B, it's the name of the business. So they'll walk up to you and they'll say, hi, Chloe, and you'll say, hi.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that happens a lot. It helps that um, I'm a tall redhead as well. So there aren't that many people that look quite like me um so yeah I get recognized quite a lot unfortunately and yeah you have that moment of dread that falls over you where you think oh my goodness where do I know this person is it someone I actually know is it someone from a a mobile phone visit yeah it's quite terrifying sometimes
0: it is very strange isn't it because you're there and you're like I should know them but also seeing people out of context that's the other strange thing so uh, dancing for instance and I know we we know each other from dancing and I was there going I'm pretty certain it's you and then I was like (laughs) it is you that I'm interviewing next week isn't it because I kind of like have different contexts of people you see them in the shop and then you go right where do I know them from is it from dancing or is it from another thing I'm doing um you must have something similar
1: I do and usually I'm sort of in wellies with my hair in a scruffy bun and probably mud or something all over my face and then what sometimes when I actually put normal clothes on I think that surprises people.
0: (laughs) So you haven't turned up in your wellies at dancing yet then? I
1: haven't yet no there's still time.
0: There is still time um so events over the summer then how's the events looking for you are you keeping busy or does it get quieter when the school's shut and all of that? So
1: summer is pretty much fully booked for us especially over the weekends we've got quite a lot of um school visits before they break up for summer. It's quite a nice summer break-up treat end of year thing. Um, so we've got lots of those before the summer. Then weekends are, are crazy busy. Um, we've got lots of events for the MOD, we've got family events. We go to um, Kids About in Swindon. They have us every year for their summer festival. So we're there for seven days in a row this year. We did wow. 10 days last year, um, very full-on. We are also going to be at Newbury Show this year, which is a a very big event. It's probably our biggest ever event and we're very excited about that. So, yeah, um, there's a, a mix of everything. We've got birthday parties, but we do still have some weekday availability over the summer and we do have a bit of school availability before we break up for the summer holidays.
0: So if anybody wanted to get in contact, if they weren't listening earlier, how do they get in contact with you?
1: So the best way to contact me is by email because otherwise I'll answer the phone while I'm in the middle of poo picking or, <laughs> or something with the animals and I can never take any details down. So my email address is info at and if they send me an email, I'll get back to them as soon as I can.
0: Fantastic. And then remind us of website again.
1: Uh, www.chloesmobilefarm.co.uk
0: Fabulous. Now, everybody that comes on to a story to tell nobody gets away with the quick fire round as always you don't get notification of what the questions are except (laughs) the first one i tell everyone that one um uh, we're gonna have another little break for music and then we'll be back with your quick fire round
1: (laughs) this is radio bath
0: so we're back now it's Richard Boveson here until midday today with Chloe Isles and it's time for the quick fire round how are you feeling about the quick fire round Chloe
1: I'm nervous
0: you're nervous <laughs> you've been great so far I've loved chatting to you it's uh, it's been really really nice so here we go quick fire round there are nine questions for you okay. are you ready
1: I'm ready Here we go
0: so question number one everybody knows this one what is your favorite ice cream
1: My favourite ice cream. I'm not a huge ice creamy person to be honest but I'd probably go for maybe like a mint chocolate chip or a
0: chocolate of some sort. Mint chocolate chip is always a nice one. Okay having grown up on a farm I've no idea the answer to this one but let's find out are you tidy or messy?
1: (laughs) I'm incredibly messy. I'm a very disorganised messy person
0: and you look so proud of that fact
1: <laughs> I just laughed because I know anyone that's listening would have answered it before I managed to get the words out of my mouth
0: <laughs> I don't mind being messy I think there's a time and a place to be messy and there's a time and a place where it needs to be tidy
1: yes I normally then don't have time to make it tidy that's, <laughs> that's
0: my problem. and the strange thing is is that messy people still know where everything is oh yeah more mess yeah if if anybody else comes into that scenario they go how can you find anything you go what do you need me to find I'll find it for you (laughs)
1: yeah
0: Yeah. um I'm, I'm quite nice myself um love or hate roller coasters
1: um I haven't done that many I'm not the biggest fan I'm not like a proper yeah I probably wouldn't choose to go to a theme park to spend my time
0: now I'm off to a theme park very very shortly. Actually, later in this week, <laughs> I am. I'm off to Thorpe Park, and I have a little tip for anybody that gets motion sickness when they go to re- all of the roller coasters, and that is simply take travel sickness pills. <laughs> and that's what I do every <laughs> single time, and uh, I don't it's get obvious, sick at all. obvious,
1: really. I guess
0: it's fairly obvious. Yeah. Yeah. But, <laughs> I just take travel. If you take too many though, you do become quite docile. they kind of space you out a little bit but uh but yeah I much prefer
1: that in mind
0: so bear that in mind it makes them really interesting in the end right (laughs) important question this one do you hang your toilet roll over the top or behind the back
1: it should be over the top we actually have to place ours on the on the cupboard next to the toilet but um yes it should be over the top
0: yeah, a number of people have said, yeah, they just have it on the toilet behind or whatever. Mm. Yeah, should be over the top. That is the, co- there is no correct answer. <laughs> that is the more correct answer, I believe. Um, <laughs> if, you, if you were eating chocolate, would you eat it from the fridge or from the cupboard?
1: I love chocolate so much that it can come from anywhere. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you, you're um, not Don't fussy. mind, not fussy at all. <laughs> Fair enough, good answer. Do you make, I think I know the answer to this one. Do you make your bed in the morning?
1: I actually do. Oh. Although I'm a messy person, I do make my bed in the morning.
0: So the follow-up question to that is always why?
1: Um, <laughs> so I have to climb over my bed to get to where I do all my makeup and things like that. So as I climb over, I, I straighten it all out and yeah.
0: I thought you were <laughs> going to go down the psychology route then. No, no, no. It's the, uh, the, you've achieved something in the day if you make your bed in the morning.
1: <laughs> I achieve a lot in the day,
0: so... Yeah. <laughs> right. You do seem like a very busy person, so uh, yeah, I think things are least of your problems. Um, what is your favourite breakfast?
1: <laughs> so um, I love a chia pudding for breakfast.
0: Go on, explain to everybody what chia pudding is then.
1: So it's chia seeds with, um, I use almond or mo- oat milk at the moment, and loads of peanut butter, cinnamon, and then either maybe like a sliced banana or some chocolate spread just a little bit
0: i'll be honest with you of all the times i've asked that question that is the most interesting answer that i've had <laughs> is it really? a, a cheer pudding I've, I've never had a chia pudding um and i
1: used to have bran flakes every single morning and then i took part in a uh, like a nutritional study and i found that bran flakes actually caused me to have a huge sugar spike so okay. i realized that it was not starting the day on the right foot so that's why i've changed
0: so if I see you at dancing, I'm going to try and get, I'm going to write down everything that you have in your cheer pudding. You give it a go, <laughs> uh,
1: I'll send you the recipe.
0: <laughs> please do, that would be great. That would be great. Uh, if you had to, what is your go-to karaoke song?
1: Oh, good question. I love singing, so I would Ooh. sing along to anything. Um, I don't know, The Killer's Human is a really good song to just okay. scream along to.
0: Yeah, what do you feel about? Because we play a version of that by uh, Jack Savaretti. I think it is a kind of a yeah, TV I love version. it. Version, it's beautiful. Yeah, and that's a really nice track to play to. So, uh, and I always do the follow up question of, are you going to give us a burst now?
1: <laughs> no, I'm not now. <laughs>
0: that's okay. One person has done it so far, <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah. and it surprised me when they did, but they, yeah, they did <laughs> very well. But, uh, but yeah, so I, I will try and play Human for you. No problem at all. Um, <laughs> favorite TV program or movie.
1: I don't get all that much time for watching TV or movies. I am very into the Marvel films, so if I get to, if I do get any downtime, it's usually a Marvel film.
0: Fair enough. My uh, my big three children, who were all teenagers, they had a a Marvel like day, or oh, I think it's about three days when all the Avengers ones, and there was I think it's twenty one of them, is Marathons. it? Marathon.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
0: they just did a massive marathon of from the start right to the very end.
1: Um, I'm not that dedicated and um, yeah sadly the cows would have needed feeding in between so (laughs)
0: that is a valid point and your last question then Chloe this is very apt for you I think if you came back in your next life as an animal (laughs) which one would you be and why oh
1: I don't know if I think of the animals on my farm I feel like the cows are the most relaxed Pippin the cow, she just eats, she just cuddles, she just gets told how cute she is and um, eats some more and has a nap. So I think I would choose to come back as Pippin the cow.
0: Now earlier on you refused to say which was your favourite animal (laughs) but I think you just let everyone know. No! (laughs)
1: Good
0: old Pippin.
1: Yeah she's she's good bless her.
0: I love the fact that not only are you going to come back as a cow, but a specific cow as well. <laughs> Nobody's gone down that line. Well, I feel like
1: the cows in general probably don't have the best life. So I, I feel like I know that Pippin's got a good life.
0: Ah, oh, that sounds amazing. Um, Chloe, can you remind us all of your website and how anybody wants to get in contact with you can?
1: Yeah, so if you just type in Chloe's Mobile Farm into Google, we will come up on, on all our different channels. But we do have Instagram and Facebook. Our website is www.chloesmobilefarm.co.uk and our email address is the best way to contact us and that is info at chloesmobilefarm.co.uk.
0: Chloe, thank you so much for coming on today. I hope you've enjoyed yourself.
1: It's been great. Thank you so much for having me.
0: And uh, we'd love to have you back on in the future as we go. So thank you for being on A Story to Tell on Radio Bath.
1: Thank you.